the series conclusion shift happens. We talked about not heavy, not light. We talked about in the middle. Last time we talked about abundance versus scarcity. Tonight, this talk, it's not titled to offend anyone. It's more titled because of a conversation I had with someone. So tonight's talk is titled, Not a Dick. And <laughs> it comes from, but before we go further, first of all, I just recently turned 40. Yay! I turned 40. And lots of you guys are thinking, wait, you're already 40, right? And that's probably because I told you I was. You've probably been hearing it for years. I've probably been like, yeah, I'm 40. Because I've been 40 for like at least four years. But now I'm really 40. Like, I'm, I'm seriously there. And my boys say, no, you're not. You're 41. And that has something to do with, like, how they think about your life before you're born. But even though that's really only nine months, I don't know. Whatever. They say I'm 41. And how arguments at our dinner table work, like, the two youngest look to Silas. And if Silas says anything, they're like, yep. Like, that's how it works. At some point, I lost my authority just doesn't work anymore. We literally had a conversation at the table where I was saying something or some kind of argument. We we're trying to prove each other wrong. And they just kind of went, really? And Silas was like, mm-mm. And they were like, nope. Like, that's, that's now. So Silas is on 41. I'm 41 around our house. It's just how it works. But we recently took the boys to this place called Spider Monkey. Um, I doubt any of, some of you might enjoy it. I have found in the last week and a half, I'm 40, and I just kind of need to embrace that a little bit. I used to be this guy that could like jump from heights. I could do cliff jumping. Um, I could even bounce on a trampoline. I could do a front flip. I have been known to do one. We went to this place called Spider Monkey, and you walk in, and it's trampolines. It's like a ninja course. Um, it's this thing where you jump off onto that stunt mat, you know, like it's crazy stuff. It's the zip line, it's the trapeze, um, it's the silks. It has everything all in one large place. And my boys were like, well, aren't you going to jump? And Anne's like, no, I'm not jumping. That's what she said out of her mouth. I'm not jumping. And they look at me with their puppy eyes and they're like, dad, come on. And so I bought an hour and I should have bought like seven minutes. Like, it was really quickly. I jumped a little bit, and then I came over to Anna, and I was like, what am I doing? And she's like, you know, I knew that would wreck you. You should, and I went up on this thing to jump off, and I used to be able to jump from pretty big heights, and just walking up the stairs, Silas was hesitating, and I was like, just do it, you baby. Like, come on, it's not even high, and then I got up there, and I started sweating, and my legs physically started shaking, and I almost couldn't do it. And I think she videotaped it on her phone or recorded it. But it was really not OK for me. But you know how like shifts, shift happens, right? Shift happens. It's OK. And, and sometimes it comes. And it's sometimes we resist it. But shift happens. And you know how like in life, even especially in movies, characters can get typecast actors. You know, as that guy. Like I feel like Tom Cruise has done it really well. Like, you just kind of get typecast, and that's who you are, and that's how you're seen. And I used to be this guy that could do some of these things, and I was pegged as him. And now, when I go into places, people are like, Phil, whoa, jump off that thing. Do it, do it. And I can't. I'm not that dude anymore. When it comes to my diet, I've been typecast by almost all of you in this room, because most of you think he eats Oreos, 
Cheetos, Doritos, anything that ends in OS. And he probably polishes it off with a Coke, like right before bed. My diet has changed significantly, but people just continue to think of me that way. It's okay. It's not like I eat bowls of quinoa or anything. I've had it. Don't really like it, but my diet has even shifted. I'm no longer that guy. I can't be pegged like that. Tonight, I want to talk about the fact that we typecast one another. The fact that we literally typecast ourselves expecting one another to behave like dicks. I had an interaction with another human being. And in this everyday sort of interaction, I'm going to leave all the details out of it because I feel like they're irrelevant and I want you to think bigger. In this everyday interaction between us as human beings, I responded in a way that made this other human being say to me, thank you. And I'm like, why? And they're like, thank you for not being a dick. And that like, little interaction and that little compliment made me think, wait a second. So we've entered into the world where we expect it's ordinary, it's commonplace, it's just how it is, like if I would have behaved like that. To the extent to which I did the opposite, or I did something out of the ordinary, unexpected, and I didn't respond like they expected me to, they paid me a compliment. Because I kind of broke the rules. Just a little bit. We expect it from one another. It's become ordinary, almost automatic, kind of the new normal. Actions, words, responses, behaviors, typecast. You kind of go in thinking, especially in certain scenarios, right? <laughs> You've got that one. You're already thinking about this stuff while I'm talking. I know it. Probably someone popped into your mind. Like, you've, you've, you've had that experience. You've encountered it there, or it's that person, whatever it is. You've got that idea coming to mind. What I wanted to do tonight, I didn't because my title is not a dick. Like, I felt like I was going to have to define what that is for you because I'm saying not. And so with all those people popping into your mind, maybe you're summarizing that up with a person, maybe it's an experience, maybe it's a place, chances are good you can think of someone right now, some place right now, some experience right now. Chances are also good, if I put this out to the right people, you would be popping up somehow, <laughs> right? Like you'd be coming up as a part of an experience or a story in their world, just to flip it on you fast. I always like to do that, right? So you're thinking, me, nah, I'm not a dick. But maybe if the tables were turned. Regardless, this talk is largely in part about how we interact with other people. Our words, our actions, our responses, our behaviors. So for me, if I'm going to define what a dick is, I'm just going to say it's the opposite of not being a dick. <laughs> I'm going to keep it really clear for you guys. Because sometimes I feel like in order to see something else, you have to start with the negative. Right? So we, we flip it like this. Like, Sometimes to see the truth, to shed some light, to see something else 
then everything else that looks the same, we have to take it from a negative place. That's where we have to start. So in a world of dicks, we're going to start with not a dick. If that's the typecast, we're going to start with that place. Here's what I mean. The Olympics, right? Everybody loves the Olympics. It's very cool. For the past five years, I've been thinking of ways to boost ratings for the Olympics. I don't know why, but this is the way my brain works. And so I'm sitting around, and I'm thinking, and I've been thinking it for the past like five years easy. I'm, I'm sitting from the comfort of my couch watching the Olympics, watching world-class athletes who have been doing push-ups since they were a fetus, in the words of Jerry Seinfeld, compete against one another. And I have my chips and my Coke and my Oreos and my Doritos. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking like, that doesn't look too hard. You know what I mean? Look, I mean, it's, it, honestly, is it really that tough? I mean, they're all neck and neck, for God's sakes, right? They're all neck and neck. So here's my solution to this. We enter normal people, and we create one lane for them. That's what we do. NBC says, I'm going to get people who are normal, and they're athletic, and they enjoy it, but we're going to fly them for free. They're going to compete in the Olympics alongside these athletes so we can provide some scale, right? Perspective. This is what we're going to do. Here's Bob, and he's from Ohio, and he likes to run, right? And we put him in lane one, and then we watch the magic happen. That's what you do. Here's Lucy. She's from Illinois, and she enjoys swimming, right? And then she gets people to dive and ice skate and all of this stuff. So suddenly the truth becomes very evident. These people are amazing, but they're incredible, right? So you take it from like that negative, that negative perspective. I want to really see something. And so right now I feel like in the world of dicks, we need another viewpoint. We need a shift. We need to see some other stuff. I recently read somewhere that politeness has been confused for flirting now. In 2018, if you, if you say please and thank you, if you hold the door open and let somebody go first, if you look someone in the eye, it's going too far. They're going to misinterpret it and confuse it with flirting. What used to be something so ordinary and commonplace and expected has now flipped over here to the other side of the spectrum. And it's unexpected and it's out of the ordinary, right? So, with that said, we need some scale, we need some perspective. We need to shift from something to something. From something expected and ordinary and commonplace to something unexpected and out of the ordinary and different. I'm going to throw some of those things out for you when I was thinking about this. Because I asked people around, too. I did my little research. And I was like, hey, I want you to think of somebody who drives you crazy. I want you to think of something. Like, what is it? What is it? So here's what I came up with. And often, I want to let you know, this, this kind of little list of things I'm going to go through, they're often seen as weaknesses. We've turned the world upside down. A little bit. And some of the things I'm going to talk about for the next like 15 minutes, they're perceived as weaknesses rather than the strengths that they are. Right? So, number one, self-centeredness. We need to shift from self-centeredness 
to others. This came up several times when I was asking people, hey, when you come into contact with someone and they actually drive you that crazy and you feel like they're a dick, what is it? And they would say something, and then I would go, but yeah, what's, what's deeper than that? What's deeper than that? What's deeper than that? And what it really came down to was this idea of self-centeredness, that they had no concern for the human being in front of them at all. It says, if you didn't exist, you've been in those conversations where that happened, <laughs> you've been in experiences where that happened, where you can really feel the vibe from someone else, man, it's like, I don't matter and no one else does. That's 100% their world. We talked about this last time. How do you see through these two lenses, scarcity and abundance? And scarcity would say, success for you means less success for me. Right? And so it creates this very self-centered way of living because it has to be about me because there's not enough to go around. And so when I'm talking about not being a dick, other people, they exist. They're in the world. Cheer them on. Connect with them. Be happy for them. Be grateful for them. Understand what it's like that they might have a different story and a different perspective. Other people around you. Open up a little bit. Number two. <laughs> Arrogance and superiority. Ooh, this one came up a lot too. When people felt like I was in the presence of another person who just con continually communicated that they were better than me, that they were above me, that they knew more than me. We talked about this a little bit when we talked about in the middle, because there was this idea that like there can be two different viewpoints, and sometimes there's a lot of distance between those that you can feel through your conversation with another person. It can be quite the distance, honestly. And so this idea that you communicate that there are no other points of view, that my point of view is at the top, by the way, because I'm right 100% of the time, right? That I know what's best in every situation. I've played it all out. Shift from arrogance and superiority to humility. Humility. Sometimes I honestly encounter people and I'm like, man, I hope they get a good dose of humility at some point, right? Like, you just want them to feel it somehow. And so this, this idea of not being a dick definitely has humility wrapped up into it. When you approach another person right now with humility, watch how they respond. Oh, my gosh. The defenses that come down, the posture that changes, the open field it creates. Humility can go a long, long way. Number three, shifting from not apologizing to apologizing. I didn't know how to word that better. Anybody? You got a better way of saying that? I don't know. We're all wrong at some point. My wife, hardly ever, but you know. <laughs> yes, Ken. At the same right. time. At the same time. Apologize has backbone to always be right and everyone else is wrong. You've got a broom handle up your backbone. Yeah. 
That was a good way to put it. <laughs> yes. Apologize. Admit when you're wrong. Own it. Actually communicate it. One of the toughest things I've found being a parent, an adult, of three boys is when I know I'm wrong and being able to walk into their room and sit down with one of them or all of them and say, I am so sorry, you guys. I should have never blown up at you like I did. I had a really rough day. Doesn't excuse me from what I said to you and how I said it. Will you forgive me? A lot of times people interpret that as weakness in our world. And like Ken was saying, it's definitely strength. Being able to own that part of your actions, your behaviors, your responses, and your words. Being able to apologize. We've all been on the other side of that equation. When the person knows they're wrong and they won't apologize and they won't ask for forgiveness and in fact, they might even be thinking in their head and I do it all over again. And you think probably in words or in other words, what a dick. Shifting from being dug in and stubborn over here and to like, I can't own that, I won't apologize, shifting to, I will. I'll try that. I'll step into that unique, unexpected, extraordinary territory. I'll venture out into that place. That's what I'm going to try. Now, I'm the father of three boys. I already mentioned that. Three of them. 15, 11, 9. Looking at Anne. She didn't even have to flash me numbers, guys. I did good. Now, I remember the first boy being born, the second boy being born, the third boy being born. I remember all of it. And I also remember thinking, why three boys? <laughs> like, literally, why three boys? And people question me all the time. They're like, well, didn't you want to have a girl? And I'm like, yeah. We tried three times, like, <laughs> you know, like that's kind of the little joke, but I am not, by my definition, I, I look at myself, if I had to step out of my body and like look back at me, I'm not like a manly man. I ran, I, I did mentoring here locally and I, and I pumped a program and I hung out with guys and I always wondered like why they would ever show up because I don't really ski a lot. I don't snowboard. I, do, I don't hunt. I killed a blackbird once. When I was in sixth grade, I was shooting it with a BB gun, and I killed it, and I cried. And I haven't killed an animal since. Spiders don't count, and things like that. But you know what I'm saying, right? I don't see myself as a manly man. I don't even drink beer. I don't like the taste of it. Whoa! I've tried. There's just things that I'm like, really? I don't drive a truck. Never had a truck. <sighs> Do you know what I'm saying? And I like three boys. And then I think about like the term, you know, like I've encountered a lot of men in my life who were dicks. 
a lot of men who believe there are masculine traits that honestly you should perpetuate and increase and reward. And in my opinion, they're not ex exactly even masculine. You know what I mean? They actually fall under this category over here that, I, that most of us don't like. <laughs> and then you kind of step over here. So I'm thinking about three boys and what I can do and how I can teach them and all the boys that I've hung out with in my life who have become young men and now they're adults. And I love talking about these next two things that I want to throw out there. And by no means do I want to like create just a category for them, but I had to throw that out there. Because when I'm thinking about being a dad, I think about switch, shifting from exclusion to inclusion. And, and I want to put those underneath the, the umbrellas of exclusion being like competition and success that's only for me and I have to push other people down, and I have to beat other people out, and it means crushing and annihilating all my opponents to rise to the top at all costs. It's like inclusion over here, which is like a different definition of success. And it might actually mean that when you win, I win too. And competition can look a little bit different when we're cheering one another on and when we actually kind of work almost together. Like, there are some definitions. Here's what I would relate it to. I grew up playing soccer, and I remember all my teammates all the way through high school getting really upset with me because when I was near the sidelines and the ball went out, I would tell the ref, oh, yeah, other team. <laughs> right? Because I was like, isn't that the right thing? To I don't know. Like, I kicked it out, by the way. And they would be like, no, say the other way. Say for our team, you know? Because sometimes if you say it first and loud enough, the ref just gives it to you. And I'm like, come on. I kicked it out of bounds. This is how we play. Let's compete. Let's play this game. Let's do it that way. When I think about competition and I think about, like, success, I often watch videos of, like, sportsmanship. And, and when you, when, we've all seen that video. I don't know what it is for you, but it's like been on YouTube or it's popped up in the news somewhere. And it's when they had a game and they were definitely going out to win and suddenly winning didn't matter anymore in that video. And what mattered was like human dignity and respect and worth. And it suddenly reduces the game to something else that we really connect with. And you would never walk away from that moment thinking, like, what a dick. <laughs> you would always walk away being like, what a human being. What a moment. Way to rally. That was impressive. That wasn't a normal, typical, expected game. That was something extraordinary and different. Shifting from exclusion to inclusion competition, destructive competition, to healthy competition, right? My other one is this. Moving from hidden to transparent. And if transparent's too much for you, just say the word open. Hidden to transparent or open. And what I mean by this is you have feelings and especially coming from like a world where I'm trying to teach three boys. 
Because often the feelings that they're okay to express are that I'm pissed, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, that wasn't fair. Sometimes what they're not allowed to experience or encouraged to experience, like love and intimacy, sadness, grief. Being able to shift from being closed or hidden to open and transparent. You've got those feelings. It's okay. You should be allowed to express them. You should be allowed to engage them. You should try to make that shift. Sometimes I've, incur- I've encountered people, and like so over here again, this is the dick area, and uh, like they don't have feelings. They refuse to acknowledge me. It creates tension and it creates issues and it goes places. So over here, you're kind of accessing those a little bit. You're a little bit more open. You're a little bit more vulnerable. Yeah, it is a lot risky. I get that too. But it allows you to connect in a way that doesn't build up those walls between you and other people as well as your own heart. I was going to show a video tonight. I'm not going to. I didn't know if there would be a TV. There is one. (laughs) But anyway, the video was mainly fun. Kay Atterbury, okay. Kay had asked me a couple weeks ago, she was like, hey, do you have this moment from one of the trips that she went on with, with me when I was doing the, the student thing? And I was like, yes, I've got it. So like I pulled out the video and I started watching it and I'm reminiscing and it was so good. And I was going to show you a couple of clips from this video because they're extraordinary clips. I might show them like next time, who knows. We got Kay and a friend of hers they were tubing behind this boat at Lake Mead. And the students just regularly, conveniently, and, and quite admittedly a lot, put their hands, put their lives in our hands like that. It was awesome. And you never know what you're going to get like, as a result of putting your life in my hands. So we were tubing, and I'm telling you what, we were going fast, we were going hard, and we hit, we, we hit this wake. And Kay and Rachel, I think it was Rachel with you, oh my gosh, they caught more air than I've ever seen in my life. And we got it, we got pictures of it. And we got pictures of it because Jeff Scroggins came and he did like click, 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 click. So we put it in a video where it just shows it. Like not in video, but it like, it's amazing. And you see the height, they're easily like 12, 14 feet, like above the water, flying. Like, and they let go, and their faces are amazing, and then they hit. It was great. <laughs> we thought maybe they <laughs> we, we thought maybe they had concussions. They didn't. They were, we, they were cleared. It was good. If I was wearing a life jacket, I don't know if that would be <laughs> <laughs> It's like the best video. And it's like this endless string of videos where we took students out for nine to 10 days. We put them on houseboats. We took away electronics. We hung out. We made bracelets. We tie-dyed shirts. We made them cook meals. We sat on an island. I did goofy talks like this. And at the end of the week, we always did one of two things. We always did one of two things. We either all sat in a circle and we threw an object to one another until it had reached everyone. Or we gave them a list of cards because there's like 18 people here and we said, here are 17 cards. 
and your job was on the cards or when we passed the ball, which was a lot harder because it was in person, was to compliment the other individuals, to allow your feelings to show and to affirm them and say something good about them. It's really hard when you did it in person. That night always ended with tears. I would back up and say it ended with tears because we don't hear that enough. Like, those are not the commonplace interactions we have. If you think about your day-to-day, like, you know, like, you don't really have room for that. It's not built in. It's not, like, just going to happen. And so we would also create these cards, and students would write them back and forth. And I know I've mentioned this before, but I am so hung up on this idea because it just doesn't happen enough. We don't open our mouths and pay one another compliments, true compliments. We do the punch and patch, and in my household with three boys, I get it. We've accepted, especially, that in our culture, a lot of times the way we show affection and we honestly communicate compliments is by poking fun. Why did we accept that? <laughs> Why did we say, like, okay, wait, no, 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 no. I get it. No one really, I get it's hard to talk about your feelings. I get it's hard to pay compliments. I know it's hard to show true affection. So let's just act like this. Let's say these things, and you'll know what we mean. The shift from being hidden kind of closed off a little bit, to being open and transparent. Allowing your feelings to be there, present, out, communicated even. Like spoken verbally from one person to the next. You're never going to get lumped up in that dick category. It's going to be so unexpected. When we did it, it was always tears. Students would break down. I would break down, man. You watch two people just going at it heart to heart. And it's like, <laughs> you know, like, it's so hard to contain. Like, they open up and they say, I really admire you because. And they fill in the blank. And you're just like, bam. That is so amazing. I get it takes time. And... Last time I talked about 10 years, and you guys were all cracking up about the things that happened in 10 years. You know, we talked about like online dating and people taking pictures of food, things that happened like over the course of 10 years. Some of this stuff takes like a lifetime as well. And I know, so we've been talking about some things. Dick, not a dick. And you guys are thinking, this is all great advice for all those dicks out there. Like, that's part of it, right? Like, for all those people. That was a good talk, Phil. That was good. I hope they listen to the podcast sometime and pay attention to what you told them, right? I was going to pull up like the golden rule. Do to others what you want them to do to you. I think the whole idea of not being a dick starts with you giving people the benefit of the doubt, 
not entering into the scenario as if that's going to be how they respond, the words that are going to come out of their mouth, starting from a different place when you enter into it, the whole thing. Also, it's just about you and your words and your responses and your actions. I mean, if you really want to take do to others what you want them to do to you, it's essentially saying, don't be a dick. Like, <laughs> like go out there and try not to be that, right? And Jesus said that. That's where the golden rule comes from. Did you guys even know that? I don't even feel like I knew that. Like, apparently, he gets credit for that. Wikipedia, boom, just saying. So, I guess knock it off. I, I don't know. Like what? Like stop, you know? Yeah. Like all of us. Like that's good advice for everybody in this room. Expect, expect more out of people. Expect more out of yourself. Give those people the benefit of the doubt. Don't behave ordinary. Behave extraordinary. Do the unexpected. Make the shift. Do that for yourselves. Do that for us. And perhaps you can even begin to identify where and when it happens the most for you. Maybe that's a great place to start. So you can say, I wrote some down. When you're traveling, whew, I worked behind the ticket counter at an airport. I've seen my fair share of people, like when they're traveling. Maybe it's when you're traveling. Maybe it's among local tourists. <laughs> Maybe it's with your family. Maybe that's where this really pops up. Maybe it's on the job. Maybe it's at school. Maybe it's in respect to authority. Ouch. Maybe it's in response to people younger than you or older than you. Being aware of maybe where it happens the most often for you is maybe a great first step. I know where it happens the most for me. I'll tell you. You look curious. <laughs> Behind the wheel. What? Oh, I don't think I'm ever more vocal and more in that space than behind the wheel. I don't even know what happens sometimes. We were driving down in Denver just recently, like literally, like three days ago. I'm going the speed limit, man, in my car, fine. Merging lane over here, you know? And I'm one of those people, I feel like I'm not a dick. And like I'm over here and like, you know how we kind of do the every other car thing? Do you guys do that? Do you expect that? I, I believe by that. Feels good most of the time. This other guy was trying to do like, not the every other car thing, <laughs> right? And so he was, like, he was like trying to get up in there and I was just going the speed limit. And then before I know it, he's like next to me and he's like trying to pass me to merge in. Oh, what? Yeah, insurance. <laughs> Insurance is, and so I just keep going the speed limit, and I'm kind of unaware, honestly, of what's happening. And then by the time I pay attention, like, I do slow down, and then he, like, goes really fast in front of me, and then he's, like, moving around and stuff, and I was like, what is going on? Like, really? Did they really just do that? And I got really mad, you know? What? Yeah, he did a lot of things. He, he was not being kind to me. And I was doing my best to not get ruffled by it, you know? Because a lot of the times when we get behind the wheel, man, that is one of the places. That's one of the places. It does it for me a lot. 
Suddenly, I am very arrogant. I'm very superior. I definitely know what's right all the time, and I won't ask for forgiveness for that thing that I just, you know, like all the stuff I talked about, boom, all pops up for me. Make the shift. What's the area for you? Where does it pop up the most? Where is it so consistent in your life? Because again, you love to think about people being dicks and it's not you. Come on. Come on, right? It's going to start with us. So what I would encourage you to do is practice, practice, practice. (laughs) Good luck. Good luck out there, guys. Good luck. In those areas and with a few of these things, I'm sure you guys have more things. I didn't want to fully define it for you. I can't do that. Until next time, may you treat others as you want to be treated. May you live and breathe a life that is not ordinary. May you you live unexpectedly and extraordinarily. May you embrace a way of life in the words and actions and behaviors of not being a dick. In the words of Jesus. (laughs) what what did you say paraphrased yeah paraphrased obviously may you see others may you apologize may you be humble may you show your feelings may you communicate them to other people amen so thanks for coming tonight being in more to life I have no clue what we're talking about next time, but what I do want to tell you is get the advice in. Get your advice to me. It's going to be an awesome night. I want all of your advice to roll in. So take some time this week. Fill it out. Send it to me. Do what you have to do. I'm going to play some music. Just advice that you would give to your younger self. Just advice that you would give to your younger self. Whatever that might be. We're going to try and pull it in in a talk coming up in May. Maybe next time we'll show some clips of Kay flying through the air. We'll start off the night that way. That would be like a lot of fun. That video is so good. Anyway, thank you guys for being here tonight. I really appreciate you guys coming. Grab some more decaf, some tea. Any other-